Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, my brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. This is your brother, Elvis Zapata. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I want to warn everyone about the judgment that is about to come on the U.S. and the world. There is such a great, mighty judgment coming from God. The God is continuing to warn His people to prepare and to get ready. This morning, as I was shown um, what's going to happen after the judgment, I remember driving in my truck, going to like New Jersey for North Carolina. And brothers and sisters, I tell you this, that I had to stop because I ran out of gas. And I don't know what else was wrong with the truck, but I had to stop. And I tell you that this, this, uh, this place where I stopped, I saw a house, and I began to walk to where the house was, brothers and sisters, and I noticed that there were people there uh, working on different things and, and kind of preparing themselves because they, they saw that how all the state were practically paralyzed because of the judgment. And I saw a man there who looked to seem, looked to, seem to me very humble. And I approached him, and he says, how can I help you? And I said, my truck just stopped. I ran out of gas. I'm heading to New Jersey. I got family over there that I need to go help. And he said, wow, in this emergency, after, after this emergency, after the whole country is paralyzed, he says to me, you're going to go to New Jersey? And I said, yes, I got family that needs my help. I had $300 cash with me to make it there. And, and, and he, he was aware, and I was aware, there was no gas station from North Carolina to New Jersey, which are about 800 miles or 600 miles, and there was no gas station in between that was working. All the shelf, all the mobile ones, all the gas stations that I knew were, were out of service, had no gas. And, and the only thing I knew when, when I was going through this was that, Yes, I was driving north, but at the same time, I knew that the only thing that the government got to clean was the main highway so they can reach out of the state and help, so, or female, or whoever's going to help, be helping our people. And, but I knew I wanted to get to my destination, brothers and sisters, because I knew the condition of the country was very horrible. Praise the Lord. And I was in the midst of all this judgment. And I was stunned how paralyzed the country was. And this man, he says, um, I noticed that you're a Christian. Notice you're a man of God. I said, yes, I am. And he says, I'm also a Christian, and I'm gathering together with other people, and we're trying to help whoever we can. And I said, well, I need gas. If you have any gas that you can help me to make it to New Jersey, I, would, I will pay you. Look, I have $300 cash. And they said, well, keep your money because you're going to need it. But I tell you this. Uh, there is no gas anywhere. We we can provide you with some gas for you to make it to New Jersey, but that's it. That's it. And um, I said, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And as as they were working on my truck and they were putting gas, they, they the the men had a, a a tow truck and went to pick up my truck down from the valley where it was and. Hemi brought it back to his shop, and, and they were checking the truck and making sure nothing else was wrong, so I could I could make it I could make it to New Jersey, brothers and sisters. It was very hard. It was very tough. It was very difficult for me to get to my destination.
praise the Lord. But I tell you something, brothers and sisters, things are going to be very bad. I apologize for my children playing. Praise the Lord. Things are going to get really bad. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, life is not going to be the same, brothers and sisters. I tell you right now, life is not going to be the same when this judgment comes. Go, go over there. We'll see you now. And so I apologize again. Life is not going to be the same. It's going to be very hard when this judgment comes. And so, uh, brothers and sisters, I, enc I encourage each and one of you to continue to seek the Lord, to continue to prepare, to continue to get ready, because it, 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 the judgment is going to be very great. The Lord actually took me to heaven before I seen the judgment. And just to give me peace, to know that God is in control, and that, yes, things are going to get really, really bad, brothers and sisters, really, really bad. God wanted me to, to know and to let his people know that we can have peace in God. He showed me uh, just what it says in the book of Isaiah, I believe, uh, uh, in the mountain of God where Satan used to walk in the mountain of the, the living coal in heaven, where he wanted also to go back to, which he was not allowed to. And that was being shown to me in heaven, brothers and sisters. And, and the peace and the joy that was there, the presence of God was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming peace, brothers and sisters, that was there, I tell you. And, and man, praise the Lord. It, it, I was really rejoicing to be in heaven one more time, to have the privilege to be up there. Praise you, Lord. And I tell you, it is it, 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 nothing to be compared with anything else. Heaven, heaven cannot be compared to earth. Heaven is much better, much greater place than heaven. There is no lock. There's no disease, diseases. There's no infirmity. There's no sickness. There's nothing in heaven that is going on on earth. It's completely peace. It's completely serving God. And there's complete abundance, which when you come to the earth, there's so much lacking, so much lacking even out of the presence of God. Because in heaven, the presence of God is all over. It's everywhere. And I'm looking at the mountain of God, and I'm, wishing, I'm looking at the living coal, brothers and sisters. And God, Father, God wanted me to see that so I can tell his people that there is peace in heaven. There is joy in heaven like this cannot be compared on earth. And, and all days that we know it's going to end soon. It's going to finish soon. God is going to end the world soon. This world don't have much to go because it's going to end. And Father God is going to make sure that when he brings his judgment, people that are uh, sleeping, that are backsliding, will be awakened to the time. They'll be awakened to, go, to the coming of Christ, to the coming of Jesus. And they need to understand that the Lord is coming and that God is not a man that he will lie, that the Son of Man, that he will repent. God has told us the truth. And nothing but the truth. And we need to believe that his word is true and not to doubt God. A lot of the doubt that we, we have is unfulfilled, hallelujah, desire that we have in us. Because there's a lot of things we wanted. And we wanted God to provide to us, supplies to us, or brings to us, or allow us to happen. Because we have not had those things. We doubt. But doubt is a sin. Thou is not of God. And we need to repent any doubt, my brothers and sisters. 
We need to say I'm sorry to God for doubting his promises, for doubting his word. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. And everything he has told us to his prophet, he is going to bring to pass sooner or later. It's going to come to pass, not in our timing, but in his timing. Because God's timing is very different than our timing. We complain that time has gone by and we have not seen anything. But it has been the mercy of God. It has been Jesus crying out to the Father to have mercy and give his people more time to be saved, more time to come to him, more time to repent. Because that is ultimately the word of God. He does not, Jesus don't want people to perish. But he wants them to be saved through him. He is the only Savior, Muhammad, Buddha, the Pope, and anyone else can save you, but only Jesus Christ. And we need to give our lives to Jesus and repent. Moses cannot save you, but Jesus can save you. And he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, willing, willing to save you, willing to bring you as a family of God. Through his own life and blood on the cross, you and mine will have that opportunity if we repent and we see what Jesus has done on the cross. His sacrifice on the cross cannot be compared to anything we know. To anything. Cannot be valued with money, with gold, or silver, or precious stone. His sacrifice is unique and is eternal. We can receive eternal life through what Jesus did on the cross. And so my friend, my brother, my sister, I want to encourage you to continue to repent and continue to seek Jesus. Get, repent your sin daily. Give your life and, life and heart to the Lord through repentance, daily repentance. Let the Lord Jesus Christ save you from the evil, wicked judgment that is approaching this earth. It's going to be such a Hallelujah, judgment to the earth where everything material that people love, they are going to lose. Millions are going to lose their life. It is not time to play, to waste time. It is a time to repent and to come to the Lord and humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you. This past week, I had a mighty encounter with Jesus. In the encounter I had with Jesus, I was telling Jesus that I could not be a true prophet. I said, Lord, I could not be, Lord, I cannot be a true prophet, Lord. I am a full prophet, Lord Jesus, I said. And Jesus says to me, my son, you are not a full prophet. You are God's messenger. You have spoken what has been given to you. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry, but it's because I don't feel like I am. Because we've been waiting so long for the word to come to be fulfilled, the signs and wonders, especially the three signs, the Oka in California, the tsunami that is going to hit New York, and many other states, and the word in Astro. And all these things will be fulfilled. And God's timing, but very soon. God has been speaking to prophet that the earthquake in California is closer than ever. And any day, anytime soon, people will be living the reality of this earthquake in the United States. 
because not only will destroy San Francisco and paralyze California, it will also affect the rest of the nation, the rest of the country, will be affected by this earthquake in California. The earthquake in Chicago is not too far from it neither. These earthquakes are very close to hit these states. We have seen the rain in Houston, Texas, how much has been raining. I've seen the video on, on the Internet, on the news, how some towns are full of water, are flooded completely. Things are changing like never before. What this earth has not seen in thousands of years are going to happen again. And, and, and it will be things even worse than these later on. But right now, God wants us to submit ourselves to him completely. Forget about this earth that we love so much, that was given to man to take care. But man had turned following the wicked ways, and God is calling humanity to repentance. But man, so many people have hearkened their heart to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Father, the only things in the Father's mind is to save humanity, or the, what is left of humanity, is to bring this judgment. It was what I was seeing this morning as I was, after I was taken to heaven, I saw the reality of this coming judgment. And it was very hurtful. It was very sad that this great nation raised by God has, a, has fallen so low in regard to repenting and seeking God. They have not listened to God's prophet. They have not listened to his word and are taking God for granted. And that God cannot let go by without bringing judgment to awaken people to repentance. This upcoming judgment that will come on the U.S. and the world, the Lord told me a few years ago, is going to awaken the last Christians that are going to be raptured. Those that were first that's been backsliding, that been doubting God's word and promise. The Lord told me that through this judgment that God is going to bring, they are going to be awakened. To know they will know it's God and they will be awakened to repentance, to humbling themselves to God and to be ready to be raptured. And Jesus will rapture them and take them home. This is what we call a great revival. A great revival is about to come upon the United States and the rest of the world very soon. The nation will be under great revival. But before the revival comes, there has to come judgment. Great judgment when everyone can see and know that God is not playing, but that God is very serious and is calling his people to repentance. God loves you, and God don't want you to perish. That's why he sent his son Jesus, to die for us on the cross. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. Those that refuse to believe in Christ will be condemned, the Bible says after that. We have to believe in Jesus, the only Savior, the only mediator between man and God. Buddha, the Pope, or Muhammad cannot be your mediator, but only Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father except through me. Those are the word of Jesus Christ himself, not the word of any prophet or any man, but the word of the Son of God, who is also a, a prophet and who is also what's in a human body. Repent and give your life to Jesus before it's too late, because soon many will see the judgment come that are now repenting, but it will be too late for them. God have mercy on those that are backsliding, that are not ready for the coming of Jesus, that they may be awakened, awakened through the judgment, and it will not be too late for them. We have heard of the dead of Prince, a famous singer, and how everyone in the media are moved by how this man died. They don't even know how he died yet. But I tell you this. If Prince that was so important had died in this way in his 50. Imagine those that are in the 20 and 10 and 5 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 70. Who had not repenting. Who had not given their life to Jesus. When this mighty earthquake of California and this mighty tsunami that is going to come a thousand feet tall through Miami, through North Carolina, 2,000 feet or three through Florida, and when it gets into New York over around five, four, five hundred feet, brothers and sisters, it's going to devastate these states. Boston will also not escape. Maryland and Washington will neither escape. This great judgment, God has been speaking this of this judgment through many of many of his prophets. But I don't know how many are taking God serious or are just mocking God that he keeps raising his prophets and using them to speak of this judgment. And a few years have gone by and the word of these prophets has not been fulfilled yet. Again, it's because it's not in our timing. We are not under the law that when God said something would happen, it happened almost immediately. There was no grace. There was mercy under the law. But the grace had only come to the earth through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Grace did not come through Moses or through Abraham or David or none of them. Grace had only come to this earth through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. I want to tell you and encourage you to take advantage or receive the grace that God has given you and I through His Son, Jesus. Repentance of our sin and the forgiveness of our sin through repentance. God 
has been is being merciful and has been merciful for so many years. When this judgment begins, it's not going to stop. After the earthquake in California begins, the Lord has shown me there will be many earthquakes like it is now. We just had a mighty earthquake hit Ecuador. Another earthquake prior to that one had hit Japan. And the earth, even after the first earthquake had hit Ecuador, another two days after, or the days after, another one hit Ecuador again. The earth continues to shake. I warned the people of Central America of this judgment on the Spanish radio. The judgment was coming to the Middle East. Some took this, the message serious. Many did not. And now they see the consequence. I don't call myself a prophet. I only call it as God tells me or shows me, brothers and sisters. And I knew judgment was coming to Central America. There's more judgment coming to the earth, brothers and sisters, that the earth has not seen. European will have earthquakes as the United States and Mexico, Argentina and Chile will also have earthquakes. And more earthquakes, mighty earthquakes will be manifested in Central America. In South America, South America is about to experience one of the biggest judgments that for many years the Lord had gone to the Father to have mercy on South America. When I mean to say South America, I talk about Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, and Cuba, and the Virgin Islands, and many other islands around it. We'll see a mighty judgment of God very soon. Where millions, listen careful, I'm not saying thousands, listen to the word I'm speaking. I'm saying millions are going to perish. Millions are going to die. There are so much sins in those islands, so much sin in Havana, Cuba, so much sin in the Dominican Republic. God has sent messenger not only to the capital of the Dominican Republic, but to many other cities, like Santiago, has been warned by God of judgment over Santiago, where half of the island is going to go into the sea. When the Lord showed me this judgment of half of the island of the Dominican Republic going into the sea, and all these people losing this life, their life, I cried, and I cried deeply in my heart, because I love that island, I come from that island. But half of that island is going to go into the sea. And millions of people will lose their life in one single night. It will be too late for them. God has told it this, not only through me, as many from the Dominican have written to me and said, you have not been the only prophet that has given us this warning. God has sent other people to warn us, and the prophet here are also warning us a great judgment to come. Great judgment is coming to the Dominican Republic in Puerto Rico. God has given more chances to Puerto Rico than many other nations. And God is going to destroy the phony. The phony, those that are mocking his word, those that are mocking his people, those that are making fun of his prophet, those pastors who are only pastoring the sheep, 
to make money out of them. They don't care for them. God is going to destroy them, as he has said to the prophet Ephraim. I myself asked Jesus about Ephraim. I said, Lord, is Ephraim your servant? And Jesus said, yes, he is. And since the Lord confirms to me that Ephraim is his servant, I've been praying for the prophet Ephraim. Brothers and sisters, Brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico, do not take lightly what the prophet Ephraim is telling you. Because every word that God comes out of his mouth, God is going to fulfill soon. It's going to come to pass. Because he is God's messenger. And the word of God through his mouth is going to be fulfilled. Brothers and sisters, please repent. Please turn to the Lord before it's too late. Give your heart to Jesus. Don't let the judgment come before you begin to repent. But repent before it comes. Before it's too late. Before you say, well, God should have given us more, give us, us more time. How many times has God raised Ephraim and many of his prophets to go tell his people to repent because judgment is at hand? How many times has they been on the radio, on the internet, and television all over the world, warning and warning from heaven, from God, that judgment is at hand and for people to repent? Brothers and sisters and friends, it's up to you. God is not going to make you serve him. God loves you. But with the same love, he loves you and wants to preserve you. He's going to bring his judgment. God wanted the people of Sodom and Gomorrah to repent. God gave them the opportunity to. But they did not take heed to his word. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The same to happen in the, in the times of Noah. Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of, a preacher of righteousness. He preached the word of God, the true message of God to his generation. Year after year warned them of a great tsunami, great flood that was going to come all over the earth. Because they had not seen such a type of judgment. They mocked him. They laughed at him. And they said so many things that are not in the word. Because it was not worth it to put it in the word of God. The offenses are not worth it to be written. Only the good news are worth it to be read. The good message from the Lord that comes through the mouth of the righteous are worth it to be written. Not the word that comes out of the mouth of the wicked. Why would we need a Bible or an extra few pages of the Bible? The, the, the word of those men of the wicked, the evil word that was coming out of their mouth, would have been written. For what? What blessing would we, we would have if each of those evil words that came out of their mouth would have been written? It would probably even make our generation even worse. Right now, they mock the name of Jesus, the name of God. They even talk about the Holy Spirit without any fear of God in them on television. There is one sin God says in his word. He will not forgive. Hallelujah. And it is, hallelujah, the unpardoned sin. And it's the blaspheming 
of his Holy Spirit. Many are speaking against the Holy Spirit without any fear. They don't know or they don't understand the consequence of speaking against the Holy Spirit. Jesus was sharing God's word when people were criticizing him. He said that all blaspheme against God the Father and the Son will be forgiven, but not the blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. And he was just sharing the word of God. And they said that he was available, the devil. They were blaspheming God as they were speaking against Jesus because he was the Son of God, a messenger of God sent from heaven, brothers and sisters. And this is why today many are doing the same and are not noticing the type of sin they are committing. A few days ago I heard of a prophet that said that when the tribulation begins, which is very close to begin, many people will be turned into zombie, werewolf-like. Death has been shown to me by Jesus. I've been in the tribulation to come, days ahead, where I have seen the tribulation begin, and people turn into werewolf, like in the movies, and then immediately begin to attack other people. I also seen multitude like zombie. And buy people's legs and people's arms. I saw people fighting them, but they were too strong. So then they were pushing their mouth, their face away. They look horrible. Hair grew from them like Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride. The nation had become prideful like Nebuchadnezzar. God the Father punished Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride and brought him very low when he turned him into a beast like the beast of the field, like the werewolf of the field. But these beasts in the last day will be even worse than Nebuchadnezzar because they will attack anybody else who is not like them to eat them. I saw them buying people's arm and leg like to supply their hunger. All of a sudden they get very hungry for meat and that's all they want to eat. I notice now that as I travel to different states that most of the seafood are being removed. Most of the restaurant seafood are being removed. And what is being placed in, 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 in the place of the seafood restaurant? Let me tell you what is being placed in those places. Meat. Meat. Meat restaurant. People order the sign in the last couple of years. I noticed this as I have been taken to the tribulation many times. The people are more hungry for meat in these last couple of years than what I've seen ever. These restaurants where they sell meat all the time are full of people. People do line to eat hamburgers, to eat all type of meat cooked in different way. And a lot of it is rare meat. I had never seen like before rare meat, meat uncooked being eaten by people. I go by places, by restaurants, and I see people eating rare meat. And I'm like, how can this be? Years ago, you never noticed that. It was very rare to hear someone ordering rare meat. Now it, 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 it's part of the daily meal in many of the restaurants. The orders are coming in like never before. The appetite for rare meat, bloody meat, is growing in the United States and around the world daily. I don't know if you have noticed this, but pay attention to those small details. 
Why is in the brain of the people? It's all meat, 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 red meat. That's exactly the 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 hundred percent of that is what I saw in the beginning of the tribulation. People began to eat meat, red meat, but it was not red meat they ordered. It was people walking in the street, going to the work, taking care of the family that they were jumping to. They were jumping through windows, glass windows, and just breaking and going through them, jumping through fences, running through valleys, chasing people through valleys in the streets. No matter whether the person was homeless, as any person who had a suit who was going to work, a lawyer, a doctor, to them it was the same. They just wanted to eat them. And I noticed that in the last day, rare and me is being sold like never before. I noticed these little things. And it's the beginning of the tribulation is soon to begin. The departing of the bride of Christ, it is also close, as it says, in the word of God, the departing comes first, then the tribulation. Then the men of sin, the Bible says, will be revealed. The men of sin will be revealed, who will blaspheme God's name. He is already blaspheming God's name on television. Everybody's wondering, who is the Antichrist? Brother, brothers and sisters, it was shown to me. That Obama was the first beast of Revelation 13.1. The Revelation 13.11 beast, I don't know who he is. But this beast comes out of Europe, the second Antichrist. Who the first beast gives power to the second one. And then the fourth prophet comes after that, which is the Pope. We hear of the Pope resigning out of office soon. I heard of a black pope many years ago. When this pope was elected, I thought it was this pope. But I had brother told me many years ago, because God has shown someone, I don't know who it was, this is a word from someone else, that it will be a black pope. And that the next pope will come from the Middle East. It's what he said, the last pope, the last pope he said, will come from the Middle East. This Pope came from Argentina, I believe it was, so, or Chile. So it, it did not come. It's not the same Pope that he was talking about. But this last Pope was said, this Pope that will come, he will be colored black, like we have a black president in the U.S., which no one would believe. If you would have told anyone in the U.S. 50 years ago that they will have a black president, they would tell you never will that ever happen. Well, that never that it will ever happen, it happens. It was fulfilled. And as it is, in 2008, United States elected the, fourth, the first colored president. And now Rome will also do the same, I was told also. The fulfillment of the 2008 prophecy was fulfilled. Now I'm waiting for the last one of the last prophecy to be fulfilled. But I'm not too concerned with those words. Because that was, they were given to someone else. I'm more, I have my eyes open more to the earthquake in California, the earthquake in Chicago, which was shown to me, the tsunami to New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maryland, Washington, Florida, which will be completely destroyed. I don't know what brothers and sisters are doing in Florida, in Orlando, or Miami, I don't, or Fort Lauderdale, no matter where they are. 
I, I, I sometimes I, I think, what are they doing there? Because many people, I still get people writing to me that the Lord had told them and showed them through dreams and visions to get out of Florida. I believe that if you are in Florida today and the Lord had told you to get out, if you don't repent, you will die in your sin. Because this mighty tsunami that is going to hit Florida, it will wipe out whole Florida. There are many Christians in disobedience. And when I say disobedient, they are backsliding. And many of them don't even notice they are. They have fallen into their own condition, into their own good lifestyle, they call. But are not listening to the voice of God through his prophets. God has told his people several times, time and over, to repent and to walk away from sin and disobedience. To listen to the guiding of his people, of his spirit. God, when he talked about the Holy Spirit in John 14, John 15, John 16, he said he will lead us to all truth. We are supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. But there are many Christians who are now listening to the guidance of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. They are living the life however they want to. And it's going to cost them a lot. It's going to cost them a lot. May God have mercy on those brothers and sisters that are backsliding. We hope that the Lord have mercy and reach them out and help them to come out of the disobedience before it's too late. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming. He promised us that he will come for us. Hallelujah. He will come for us in the middle of the night, like a thief in the night. And when they say safe, uh, hallelujah, peace and safety, sudden destruction was going to come upon them as a, as a woman in travail and pain. Sudden destruction, he said, that will come upon them. Sudden destruction is coming. I don't know why people are not listening. The sudden destruction is coming because it is coming before it's too late. God is merciful and is willing to forgive us. But he has told us what's coming. He is expecting us to repent and ask, get, get on our knees or, or of repent, begin to repent right where you are. Don't think that God is not going to bring this judgment anymore. Because he is. And when he does, it might be too late. I am a messenger of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you to continue to repent. Continue to seek the Lord. Continue to prepare repentance before it's too late. He don't want anyone to perish but to be saved and have everlasting life through him. Remember how hard it was for Jesus to carry the cross. The sins of the world was in the cross. But he knew that by him carrying the cross, he was the only one that could bring the cross and be crucified on the cross where he was going to crucify our sin. So to give us the opportunity that when we will repent and come to God through him, God will forgive our sin through, for what Jesus did on the cross. That cross is mercy from God to us. What Jesus did on the cross is He's shown us His mercy, His love that endures forever. Brothers and sisters, what God was showing me this morning in heaven was the living coal in heaven in the throne of God that has been on fire for billions and trillions and thousands of years, as we know. According to the book, the word of Isaiah, the prophet, 
and those living coal are still today on fire, God's word is not going to fall to the ground in vain. Heaven and earth, said Jesus, will pass, but not my word. And surely heaven and earth will pass, but not the word of God. Those stones, those living coal in heaven, are on fire today as they were on fire thousands of years ago and prior to that. The fire had never died, as God says to Moses in Aaron, to keep the fire in the altar burning, burning. That was a representation of the throne of Father God in heaven, the throne of God. That throne is on fire, and that fire is always burning. Praise the Lord. Why? Because that is the word of God alive. That is God who is alive, who is not a God of the dead, but he is a God of the living. God is not a God of the dead. When God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden, God told them not to eat from that fruit. For in the day they will eat from that fruit, in that very day they were going to die. God was showing us that, that God will give men a thousand years. One day up to God is a thousand years. God was going to give men a thousand years under obedience to serve him and do his will. But because in that same thousand years that God gave Adam and Eve and them, they disobeyed God. They did not end, they did not last to the thousand years. And even if they would have lasted the thousand years, they had gotten themselves in disobedience. They have fallen from grace. So in order for God to fulfill what he said in the garden, because he wanted men to fulfill that thousand years, He's going to give us a new millennium with Christ in it, where he himself, his presence, will be in the new millennium. To give humanity that thousand years he began in the garden, he's going to establish it on this earth, renew again completely. He will make all things new. And we will have total peace and total joy on the earth again. And we will fulfill that thousand years in health with the Lord. Yes, many will get into disobedience and sin in the millennium and will be fallen, but a few at least will end a thousand years with Christ. They will reign with Christ for a thousand years. And after the thousand years are over, Satan will be loosened again for a short time. When he is loosened again for a short time, he goes to the four corners of the earth, God and Magog, to gather them for the final battle. Well, he thinks he's going to be the Messiah in Jerusalem, which it will be beautiful. But fire will come from heaven and consume him and all his followers. And they will all be thrown to the lake of fire where the full prophet and the Antichrist has been thrown first. Brothers and sisters, that will be the end of everything. Then the white throne judgment where everyone of God's creation will give God an account before they are thrown in the lake of fire. The bride of Christ will go to the tribunal, tribunal of Christ, judgment seat of Christ, where he is going to demand from the, from the bride to give him an account for their life. Because in the moment you receive Christ, you are to pray, you are to sanctify yourself before his presence. Seek him every day and repentance. Many Christians are lazy and fail to pray, repent, and seek the Lord. Brothers and sisters, 
And Jesus, God is holding them unto an account for their action and for their life. He's calling them into, into account, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Because God is the judge. The Lord is the judge of all. And he's calling them into account for the lives that they're living before him. The bride of Christ will give Jesus an account. The sinners in the world will give Father an account. Hallelujah. And then comes the reward for the bride of Christ. The wedding and the celebration. Which is going to be a mighty celebration. Brothers and sisters. But the, 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 when we give an account, the wedding and all that, I'm sorry, how already happens. And then we go into eternity with God. Where we are going to enjoy everything God has promised us that we would have for eternity with Christ. He is the life and the life of all men. Give your life to Jesus before it's too late. Consecrate your life to him. Dedicate your life to the Lord. Repent of your sin daily before it's too late. Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. My brother John, you're there? Yep, I'm here. Hello, everybody. Amen. Welcome to the Lord's Howard, John. Praise, Praise Jesus, Lord. hallelujah. Praise God. We rejoice in the Lord, my brother John, huh? Amen, amen. It's uh, it's it's good to be alive in this day and hour. It's really uh, really kind of wild to watch everything just unfold right before our eyes, and you can read amen. about it in the Bible. Amen, amen. This is this is hard time to shine, John. To bring the gospel to the world, hallelujah. And you know, I get email from people that that are coming out of sin, hallelujah. People that that God touched them uh, last night. Through that message that my sister Nicole, you and I were talking about, praise Jesus, uh, not not being an equally joke, hallelujah, we're unbelievers, praise Jesus, hallelujah. A lot of people love the topics, they love the message, they want to hear more about it, John, praise Jesus, hallelujah. They want to know more about uh, not marrying someone who's not a Christian, or like someone that wrote to me said that, she was dating a, a, a person from another religion, and that could really be dangerous, hallelujah, for Christian people to marry people from other religion, hallelujah, who don't have the same belief, because we believe in our Savior, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, yeah. but other religions don't teach her, John, and don't believe that, so how can they stand on, on, in agreement on the word on that, John? I don't know. You know, it's, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, Maybe this is kind of a, a poor analogy, but, you know, it's almost likened to somebody who works for someone who's not a believer and you're not on the same page, and it, it just creates a lot of strife and a lot of, you know, angst in that in that relationship. And, and the same thing carries over in your personal life. If you're, you know, with somebody and you guys don't see eye to eye on, um, you know, the things of God the way a, a believer would, um, it's, it, I mean, to me, it's a, you know, it's not only a recipe for disaster, but you could potentially, you know, backslide trying to, you know, you know, keep the other person happy. So you might compromise. You might, um, you might not uh, fully, you know, walk in in the spirit just to Amen. keep them happy. You know, because they're not going to have the same values typically mm. or the same, you know, worldview as you would have. 
and, and that that could run into problems. Amen. And the other the other thing is that, um, like God said to, to the Jewish people, for them not to date uh, any other people or marry any other people from other nations, because they might turn their heart to them to their other gods. Okay, and that that's one of the dangers there, John, too. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. The last thing you want to do is become a you know, Hindu or a Muslim or some other religion kind of thing and miss the rapture and have to go through the tribulation because it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a horrible time. And, um, and you really don't want to, you really don't want to go through that if, if you can help it. Um, you, mm. you know, and, and, and it could be your friends too. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's not just the person you're hooked up with, but you know, it could be the mm. group you run with. Maybe they're, always going out to the bars drinking or, you know, just doing things that aren't conducive to a Christian life. And, you know, and, and it's not conducive to walking in holiness or righteousness. You've got to flee from that stuff. Like like Joseph with Potiphar's, you know, wife is a perfect example. He just took off running. He didn't, he, you know, and, <laughs> and that's the way we should really treat that sort of thing where you, you don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole, stay holy, stay pure. You know, and then guard that as well. Amen, amen, amen. Well, John, I said last night that we were going to talk about the temple of Solomon, the temple of Herod, Herod the king, and the next temple that is going to be rebuilt in, in, in hallelujah, in Jerusalem very soon. In, in, the mid, in the middle of the tribulation, hallelujah, the Bible said, we said we were going to talk about these things. But before we do, I just I want to go over the difference between, uh, I want to go over the rapture, hallelujah, and the second coming, the difference between them two, because, John, and I hope you help me with this, there's a lot of people still wondering about this, and, and, and a lot of people love the way the Lord had us explain this, the difference between the rapture and the second coming. You want to go ahead, John, and, and talk about the difference, and then I'll, I'll continue on? Sure, sure, no problem. Um to do that, let me uh, get my little rapture notes out. And, and you know, the main thing when you're talking about the rapture, you know, you always want to go to the Word of God for everything because that's our source of truth. And um, if we don't have the Word of God, you know, it's it's really tough to, you know, establish some kind of source. I guess that's one thing, that's just one of many things that sets the, you know, being a believer apart from, you know, all these other religions, because we do have a supernatural book that, that tells us, um, you know, gives us, you know, tells us what's going to happen in the future. And this happens to be one of the events. The thing LV was talking about is the difference between the rapture and the second coming. Now, they're, they're totally two separate events. And, um, and the rapture is, you know, it's stated right here. Let me uh, get my handy-dandy cheater glasses on. Um, let's see. We'll go to First um, Thessalonians chapter four. We'll just read verse thirteen through eighteen because I mean, it kind of give you the whole flavor of everything. It says, but I would um, not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, which ye sour not, um, even as others, which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also that are asleep in Jesus, uh, God will bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of our Lord, that let's see, and that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, 
the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Um, so that's, um, you know, one of the main, you know, uh, verses that really caught my attention that, yeah, this rapture is real. I read it and I go, how can you not believe in the rapture after reading that? And um, and <laughs> it's, it says, you shall be caught up. And that's the word that says harpazo, which basically means to be forcefully Yanked up. You'll also find the same word in, um, I believe it's in Philip when he was translated. Uh, it was Acts 8:39, I believe, and you know where he was also, you know, translated is what it call, calls it. Same, same type of concept. Uh, the same, the same thing. And basically, the rapture is is an event where God takes up His church. Now, to be to qualify to be His church means you believe on Jesus, you've repented for your sins, and you're living a holy life. You're not going out, you know, fornicating, um, committing adultery, lying, cheating, stealing, you know, doing sins where you know the Holy Spirit inside of you is saying, don't do that, and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over. You're going to jeopardize your chance of going up in the rapture. So the idea is you live a holy life, a, a, a life that you, when you do sin, you repent right away. And when it means repent, it means you turn away from it. And, um, you know, so, so that's your, your responsibility and, and your job. Now, when it comes to, um, you know, if you go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, um, you know, Paul does a little bit more clarification where he says that, you know, chapter 2, verse 2, that you soon be not shaken in mind, troubled um, by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us as the day of the Lord's already at hand. He said, it's not at hand, but, you know, but there's going to be first, you know, there's going to be a, a catching away or a, it says a falling away, but it really means a departure. And that the man of sin's revealed. So yesterday we discussed who the man of sin is. You know, it's somebody who's the opposite of Christ. He's, Amen. He, he, he engages in sinful acts. He engages in sinful legislation. He leads a country the way a wicked man would lead a country. It wouldn't, he doesn't draw you to God. He pulls you mm-hmm. away um, with his, um, the laws that he's going to enact are going to be contrary to what is in God's word. And, and, and then, he, you know, then you get the son of perdition who's revealed, who's the Antichrist, who, uh, you know, so, so we, we know that's going to happen. But then you look back when Jesus returns. I don't have that verse right in front of me. But when he returns, does every aisle see him? You, you, mm. you, when he returns, it's everybody sees him. Where the mm-hmm. catching away is just a, you know, it, it's... It's in the blink of a night. Yeah, exactly, yeah. like a thief in the night. And like you say, I'll be about the, you know, the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Amen. 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 Let me tell you, John, something that, um, it, you know, some people because of their teaching or their background and listening to false teaching and all that, it's a, it's a little bit difficult for them to see the rapture in the Bible, but it's not impossible because nothing is impossible with God. But now, when you go ahead and look at Matthew 25, um, how can you compare that to the second coming where all I will see the Lord? You know, when it says like a thief in the night, it came in the middle of the night, the Lord came there for the bride. Mm-hmm. Okay, to take them home. 
That right. is a clear rapture there. Clear, clear rapture. Because the, the second coming, every eye will see the Lord. Hallelujah. But not in the rapture. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. It's very, very clear the difference, John. I thank you for all those verses, John. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that really will help a lot of people. Because I, I still have questions from people about this. And, and um, just to make it more clear, there it is. Hallelujah. You can compare that to what John says, that, oh, I will see him. And you can tell clearly that they're very, very different. And the rapture, only the bride will see the Lord coming. Okay? Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But in the second coming, every eye will see the Lord. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Which is the great, it's a great thing, hallelujah, in the second coming, because I will see them. But they have to go through a seven-year tribulation, which we're not called. To be go through to the wrath of God. That's what it called through the prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah. The wrath of God. We are not going to wrap, the Bible said. Which means tribulation. We are not going to wrap. We are go we are going to salvation, the Bible says. Which means hallelujah, the Lord taking us out of here before the wrath comes. Or the Lord protecting us before the the, the Hallelujah. The Lord comes. Like when the Lord says in Isaiah Hi, hi, my bride, until this, this time pass, until time goes by. Hide thyself in thy chamber. Hallelujah. Until the, rap, until the judgment pass. So we're going to be hidden for seven years up in heaven, okay, with Christ, hallelujah, in the rapture, and the cut up in the air. And then we're coming down at the end of the judgment because the end of the tribulation when Jesus returned, and Jesus puts an end to the to the tribulation. He is the only one that is going to end the tribulation. If he will not end the tribulation, the devil will continue to destroy humanity and the earth. Hallelujah. This is how important, hallelujah, uh, it's so important that Jesus return back. Because Jesus will be the one putting an end to everything else. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He will be stopping the tribulation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, now we said we were talking about the temple. Hallelujah. And I want to start in Matthew 24, where Jesus said, hallelujah, in Matthew 24, I don't know if you were able to look up some information on John about this topic tonight, mm-hmm. about the tribulation, because this is going to help people a lot. And, and in Matthew 24, we read in verse 1, that uh, the signs of the end, Jesus left the temple. He was walking away when his disciples came after him. They They wanted to call him to call his attention to the temple buildings, hallelujah. And then Jesus said, do you all see these things? Jesus asked, what I'm about to tell you is true. This is a newer Bible translation. Uh, no one stone here will be left on top of another. Every stone will be thrown down. Another translation says that the stone will be destroyed. Talking about the temple, the temple that Herod had built, which the temple was a pride of the Jewish people, but it's also meant more than that. Now, I have a question for all of you. What, what does the temple, uh, uh, the temple of Solomon or of Herod, and the Holy Spirit have to do with each other? That's my question. I will answer that question later. Hallelujah. But I want to put that question up there. Hallelujah. Maybe some people can, can, can think about it or look up the information. What does the temple... Hallelujah, and the Holy Spirit has to do with each other. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So 
So the temple uh, meant, meant a lot for the Jewish people, a lot. It, it meant that it it God being among his people. God said he would talk to his people from there. Hallelujah. And we're going to read, hallelujah. We're going to uh, praise Jesus, hallelujah. Go to our uh, Second Chronicles 7. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. It says, and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, this is the first temple now. It's called, the temple of Solomon was called the first temple. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heaven, there will be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land, I will send a pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name to humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So this is what happens in repenting to God. Hallelujah. God will forgive your sin, your sins. Hallelujah. He will heal you from heaven when you repent. And a lot of people say, John, I want God to heal me when I pray. Mm-hmm. But see, you have to repent to God of your sin in order for God to hear you. Right. This is when God hears a sinner, John, when the sinner repent back to God. Praise Amen. Jesus, hallelujah. Then he says, and, he will, and, go ahead, John. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I, I can just relate to that personally, um, just what I went through. You know, the, the scriptures don't, you know, when you when you get a clean heart, when you're repentant, when you're seeking God, when you're pursuing righteousness and holiness and, and you're being obedient to the word um, as best you can, when you start reading the Bible, it just comes alive to you. I mean, like, like I said, maybe it was last week, you know, I, I used to try to read Leviticus and I'd fall asleep. I just, I couldn't get through it. And I didn't know what in the world it meant. And you read it going, what are they talking about? Now I'm reading it going, this kind of makes sense. And it, it's amazing how um, how he'll open up your eyes. Or it's just like, you know, some of the, some of the um, you know, these Bibles are, are sealed up and, you know, like the words of Daniel are, are sealed up till the time of the end. Same with Revelation. A lot of these, and now it's starting to, you know, come to life and it's coming to light more and, and and we're it's not like one person knows it all. We're getting little bits and pieces from a whole bunch of people and you start putting it together and it's like, Wow. <laughs> it's Amen. amazing. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. It's awesome. Then God says, Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. see I believe healing comes, hallelujah, after repenting. And and I know this because when I was going to the prisons, hallelujah, one thing I would tell the people is Start repenting your sin to the Lord, hallelujah. And if you have sinned, hallelujah, repent it before God, and then later on we will pray for healing. But I will first do repenting, understanding what the Bible says, that after we repent, God said he will heal us. It's a promise to us. So I will lead people into repenting first, and then, hallelujah, I will, we will go into healing and agreement into healing, and the Lord will heal people. And I I, I see now the power of God move this way. Now, verse 15 says, Now my eyes shall be opened and my ear attentive unto, this, unto the prayer that is made in this place. Hallelujah. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name be there forever. Now, one thing there is that God said his name will be, hallelujah, in the house, in the temple. 
So the temple, hallelujah, for the Jewish people, it has a lot to do with God. Because he says his name will be in the temple. So it had a real tie together with God. And this is why the, the, the Jewish people are so silly it's about the temple. Uh, and they would want to protect the temple, the temple, and they would want their temple to be built. Because they know the name of God will be in the temple. Hallelujah. And not only that, God himself promised he will be in the temple. So this is why they wanted the temple. To, they want the temple to be built. Hallelujah. Verse 17. And as for thee, if thou should walk before me as David thy father walked, and that according to the, all that I have commanded thee, shall assert my statue and my judgment, then I will establish thy throne of thy kingdom according to I have uh, a covenant with David thy father, saying that shall, uh, there will fail uh, the men to be ruled of Israel. I, this old uh, way of reading the Bible really gets to me. But if ye turn away, forsake my statue and my commandment, which I have said before you, I shall go and serve uh, other God and worship them. Then I will pluck them out by the root out of my land, which I have given them, and this, and this house which I have sanctified for my name will be cast out of my sight. God right there says that he will destroy, he says to, to uh, Solomon, he will cast out the temple, the house, out of his sight. In another word, he will destroy it. Praise Jesus, Solomon. He will destroy it. So God there prophesied or said to Solomon, I'm going to destroy this house if you guys forsake me. Okay, this is the first prophecy, hallelujah, before the second prophecy of Jesus Christ against the temple. Because the temple has to do to the Jewish people a closeness to God. That's how they understand it. That's how they see it. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But remember, God said also to the prophet that he will not dwell in temple again, made by the hand of man. But he will dwell on every, on every man's heart, on, on every, everyone's life who, who, who receive him again. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So also the temple has to do hallelujah, with salvation. So the Jewish people, salvation came to God, from God through the temple. Throughout salvation comes through Yeshua in our life. We don't need a temple. But for the Jewish people, it's so important that they have their temple. Because that, that's what it meant to them. That's what was given to them. Hallelujah. And not only that, the Ark of the Covenant was put there. Hallelujah. The personal relationship with God was in the temple through the Ark of the Covenant. God will speak to his people. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So it truly meant a personal relationship with God. That's what the temple means to the Jewish people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Amen. When, when, because God knew that, that the Jewish people were going to uh, uh, reject Yeshua, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, Jesus. Okay? This is, what, this is why God allowed the temple again to be destroyed. Because God was not going to have a relationship with the people who reject him. In another word, who will not seek him truly. But when he said to Isaiah, with thy mouth I worship me, but thy heart is far away from me. Remember that? 
Yep. So it, the temple really means a lot, John. Yeah, amen. I amen. I agree. You know, it's um, you know, it's funny too. Like, I mean, I had to actually do some you know, digging on the on the on the next temple that's being built, and she came across a a, a video of one guy who was basically equating to the temple being, you know, it comes from the earth as, you know, as Adam came from the earth too. And, and and you think about it here, we're holding the temple of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Where did we come from? From the dust of the earth. And where is this temple coming? From the dust of the earth. And I thought, wow, you know, that, that was a, a neat little analogy. And it was a, some guy from the Jerusalem Temple Institute or something like that is what it was called. But, it's a group of people that's in charge of, you know, erecting the next temple. And apparently what she discovered was it was supposed to be along the lines of what Solomon's temple was was like. Amen. And um, that's, that's the, the blueprints they're using. And, you know, some people have said they've seen the blueprints. Apparently they're ready to go. And and she found some stuff that said they'll have that, that thing erected in 18 months. And, Amen. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just... To even hear that coming out Now I've, I've heard that for like the last 20 or 30 years That you know they're getting things together And remember back in the 80s They were trying to find the perfect red heifers Ashes and, and all that stuff But I guess they've got everything They're ready to go And it's just a really on God's timing now At this point Or she said they were almost ready But just about just about there And uh, And it's just interesting You know after you know you know that stuff that I read about with Ron Wyatt yesterday, and and it's just like wow, you know, God's really getting this thing. It's coming together. Mm. And, and another thing, John, God God says um, that He He was going to raise Nebuchadnezzar, right? Hallelujah! To to bring him against Jerusalem in the book of Jeremiah, He says because of the wickedness and the evil ways. Now, look what, what's the history of the, of, of the first temple. Solomon's temple was also known the first temple, was the main temple in the ancient uh, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount, also known as the Mount Zion, before destruction by Nebuchadnezzar II after the siege of Jerusalem in 587 BCE. According to the Hebrew Bible, the temple was constructed under Solomon, uh, the king of Israel, who would they dated construction to the 10th century BCE, although it was passed out that it was early at Jubilee Sanctuary. You know that this is the history of it, praise Jesus. But Nebuchadnezzar the second, the second king, I believe it, is, it means, okay, uh, was the one who destroyed the temple in 587 BCE. That's the, that's the first, his, first history of the, of the first temple that was destroyed and, and, and God allowed this because of the evil and wickedness of the people. So evil and wickedness are the things, hallelujah, that lead to destruction. Disobedience being the key, but God also warning his people that if they will go and worship other God, he warned the men in Second, second Chronicles, if they go forsaking him, he will go ahead and, and destroy it. And that's what God did. Again, praise Jesus, hallelujah. But you know, when you read Second uh, uh, Chronicles 7, hallelujah, and you read this, but then when you read uh, verse 8, hallelujah, then when you see Solomon, God warned him in verse 7 not to go ahead, hallelujah, and do this. And in verse 8, a little few, maybe years after, or a few months after, 
God spoken to to um, Solomon. We get we see that Solomon and verse eight goes marry the the daughters uh, of Pharaoh. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. So they Hallelujah, knowing the truth, went and decided to go ahead and sin. Or Solomon did. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. And then God's evil, He will allow this evil to come upon them. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. So now the first temple was destroyed. Now we go on to the, the second temple. When Jesus says in Matthew 24 to his disciples, you see all these stones. Now all these stones will, will, will be standing on top of each other. They will be destroyed. And this prophecy came, hallelujah. I believe it was, it was in 33 after Jesus had died that the temple was destroyed by the Romans again. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, that was let, in let 70 me, A.D. Was that, that 70 A.D., yep. Um, it's uh, Emperor, well, Jesus was crucified in Tiberius' time, and I, it was like Val, I guess it was a V, I can't remember the guy's name, but, um, but yeah, he, um, in 70 A.D. is when the temple was destroyed, and that's when, you know, Israel was ransacked. Mm. Amen, amen. So, yeah, so 30, 30, I would say, yeah, almost 30 or 30-something 30 years after Jesus uh, had died, is that what it is, or after he finished yeah. his ministry? Yeah, it'd be okay. uh, 30, 37 years after. Okay. Now, the second temple says the history, uh, um, the model Herod Temple renovated the second temple in Israel Museum. The second temple was important to the Jewish time, which stood on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. So, they did build it in the in the in the in the in the Temple Mount, okay. And again, what's in the Temple Mount now, John? The Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock, okay. Mm-hmm. So there is a what we what, what God will say through His Word an abomination, okay, in Israel right now, because mm-hmm. or, or, or abandoned since since the Temple was since they built it, Hallelujah, the Dome of the Rock, because um. Um, they, the, the Jewish people allowed this to happen because of their own disobedience. God, or I will say God allowed this to happen, John, for mm-hmm. the temple to be rebuilt in the Temple Mount where the old temple was now. So in, or, in order for that Temple Mount to come down, there has to be a, a Psalm 83 word. Wouldn't you agree with that, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that temple's got to be destroyed because it's, you know, I've, I've heard some people say, oh, it's going to be built right next to it. I, I don't know, Elvi, you've seen it to the tribulation. Um, was that Dome of the Rock even there, or was it gone? Have you ever seen that? I, I you know, when when I seen the tribulation, the Dome of the Rock was not there when I see it in the tribulation. Okay. So somehow they're going to destroy it. I don't know okay. if it's... I don't know if it's up right after the Psalm 83 war, hallelujah, but it might be right now with, with China, uh, China, Russia, and, and, and all these other nations and Bob uh, around there now. Um, I, was, I was meditating on this this week because I was reading the news online and reading what's going on that, that, that Obama supposedly is trying to, to, to hold all these other nations like, like Russia back. And we know that Russia had a delivery for, for Syria, uh, 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 weapons and stuff. And, 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 and the, the, one of the London insurance companies that, was, that, was, um, that had this thing insured 
told the, the Russians that it, they, they had no insurance to deliver those things to Syria and uh, those weapons. So they went in and, and they turned the weapon around back to Russia. But they were saying on the news that Russia has no problem delivering those weapons because they have other ways to do it. So it means that right now Russia is arming Syria, the government of Syria. And Russia has their own army there, hallelujah, to fight along the Syrian government. Now, China also has interests in Syria and in Iran, okay, including Russia and Syria and Iran. And, and China has said it clearly and openly. They are willing to protect their interests. So what does that mean? Well, if you understand what they're saying, if you can understand between the line, China is saying we are willing to fight against the United States and Israel for our own interests in, in, in Syria and in Iran. That's what they're saying. That's what Russia it's also saying we are willing to fight the United States and Israel for our own interests. Okay? And, and the thing is that China has an open market to, to Iran and Syria where they can sell all kinds of stuff and they're making millions. Okay? They don't want that to stop. The same with Russia. Russia has an open market with Iran and Syria and they are making millions and they are not going to have the U.S. or, or Israel are stopping from making their money. That's what they've been saying. So Russia and China, when they send a Marine, they're sending their army over there, and they are, they are willing to fight with tools and nail for their own interests in, in Israel and in, um, in Iran and in Syria. So no, uh, what's happening now is more serious than everything because um, they were saying that this, this Obama was thinking that he was going to get away by having the president of Syria Calm down soon, okay? But when now with all this support from, from China and Russia, okay, Israel and the United States, hallelujah, in Europe has no uh, no other way around this, okay? And, and they're saying that there's only one way, and it's to go to war. That's, go, to, go to fighting. That's what Israel has been saying and all this. So this is really messy right now, John. Oh yeah, yeah. You you can see everything's just lining right up. You know, you you look at that whole area. It's 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 a tinderbox ready to just you know one little match will the whole engulf the whole area. And um and yeah, it's I mean that's just another thing we're watching prophecy unfold before our eyes. You know, you, you're going to watch the you know where Damascus becomes a ruinous heap, and that's prophesied and. and Apparently, Damascus is one of the only cities that hasn't been completely leveled, um, or doesn't have. Because usually, when when cities are taken over in a time of war, the the you know the, the policy or or how they would treat the cities is they would just obliterate them and level the whole city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one city that has not been leveled yet. Apparently, I haven't studied it lately, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it 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 definitely um, you know. Definitely is a is something that's a, that's going on out there. Plus, um, you know, the other thing is, you you look at you know the posturing of you know of Russia too. That's really critical. Um, you know, those guys right now are are saying you know if you attack Iran, it's like you're attacking Russia, and we're going to respond too. Yeah. And yeah. and that's going to probably set up the seven year 
you know, um, treaty that Daniel 9.27 talks about, you know, yeah. where I believe that's it, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, right? But it's either Daniel 9 or Daniel 7. Yeah, Daniel Daniel mm-hmm. 9.27, yeah. where, where they confirm the covenant for one week. And that's when, that's when the temple's erected, and in the middle of it, that's mm-hmm. when the Antichrist sits in the temple showing himself as God. And, oh, yeah. uh, and so you can see that whole scenario just playing out right now, and it's, it's getting ready to, uh, you know, to happen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, another thing before I go on, I want to I wanna share with people uh, my last dream. I shared yesterday, last night, a dream that I had, which it was a blessing to a lot of people, but I haven't shared my second dream. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And, well, and the second dream that the Lord gave me was that, and this was for Saturday to Sunday morning, hallelujah, uh, I seen that uh, we were all, hallelujah, uh, like graduating. We were all heading to be to graduating, hallelujah. And I could see that we were all rounding, like Paul says, hallelujah, we're all running together and make sure that you run uh, to get there, to make it. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And we were all running, hallelujah, and we were running to get gra- to graduate, hallelujah. And as we got in there to graduate, I, 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 when I got there, I opened my eyes and I started looking around. And I said, I finally graduated. Oh, my goodness, I finally graduated. I finally made it. And it was like for one second in that revelation, I was thinking through all the hard time that we as a Christian have to go through and we've been going through, hallelujah, and how much testing we've been going through, trials and difficulties and problems and this and that, you know. And I could see, hallelujah, that we were graduating as a Christian finally, you know. And, and before, before I seen this months ago or last year, I would say, that we were going to this place, but I will have to, I will have, we will have to go around the corner to make it. And I remember the Lord showing me that uh, the rapture he showed me last year was around the corner. Now when he showed it to me how close we are, hallelujah, we were speeding up, the bride was speeding up to graduate already. We had like less than a block in the spirit, hallelujah, less than a block, hallelujah. Because before we had a whole corner to turn around, so I, I could not even see the, the next street that we would turn around and, and go there to graduate. This time, we were already at the street, okay? And at the end of the street, on the left, right there, on the front of us, was the, the place of graduation, like heaven. Hallelujah. Because, again, it's going to be like in a blink of an eye, the right, in a blink of an eye. And I was amazed, like, wow, I made it. Remember Paul says, I have finished my race. I'm just waiting to be crowned, to get my crown. Hallelujah. That's what that's where we are. We're about to graduate to get a crown of life. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And and but we have to we have to be careful now because now the devil wants to get people focused on on, on many other things except going to heaven. It's get except graduating. It's all except going up in the rapture. He wants to get people focused on other things. And you don't want to get focused on other things because, again, like we were saying yesterday, if you miss this rapture, hallelujah, it's going to be very difficult to be saved. 
Because you're going to have to go through seven-year tribulation, and you're going to have to go through things that you have never gone through before in your life. And you're not going to be a happy camper, let me tell you. You're going to get very, very, very mad at God. Hallelujah. Very mad. But actually, actually, it's your fault and it's my fault if we stay. It's our own fault. Because again, hallelujah, the serpent did not put a gun to Eve's head or Adam to eat from the fruit. They ultimately made the decision. Was the temptation there from Satan? Yes, it was. He went into the garden where they were. And he tempted Eve. Could Eve overcome the temptation? That is a question for you and I. Can we overcome the temptation? Yes, we can. Can we say no to sin? Yes, we can. Hallelujah. Yes, we can. Hallelujah. Because why can a person fall into a, a sin and another person can avoid it? You see? Because we have the choice to say no to sin. Hallelujah. We have that choice. It was given to us by God. Freedom of choice. Hallelujah. We can get to choose what we want to do or what we don't want to do. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, like I think, when I go out of my house, I make sure that when I'm planning to go out of my house, I plan to go, go ahead and do something that I could finish and come back home again. I don't want to get caught up out there with friends or, 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 or bodies, you know, from the street, where they're going to talk about this and that, and me myself getting involved in things that God don't want me to get involved. I'm avoiding that every day of my life until I'm home in the rapture, where I don't have to deal with this anymore. I'm, a, I'm avoiding the body from the corner. Hallelujah. I'm avoiding them. And I'm avoiding it because... If, if the Lord, hallelujah, put into my heart to go talk to them about Jesus, I'll go ahead and do it. But as soon as I'm done, I'm, I'm coming back home. I'm not staying there. I'm letting them know I'm a Christian. I'm not going to get involved with sin. They're not going to come and talk to me about their neighbor, hallelujah, or any girl or any woman. No, I'm avoiding all that junk. All junk from the world, I'm avoiding. I don't want to fall into the junk. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. So we can avoid these things. You know, there was this, this brother who, who, who came to the Lord, right? And he was new. He, he, he was so grateful to God. Oh, my goodness, how good salvation is. I'm in church. Oh, I'm saved. I got Jesus in my heart. Oh, my God. This is a wonderful thing, hallelujah. This is so good. And he went and asked the pastor, Pastor, do you, you, do you think I'm ready to evangelize? Because I have a lot of bodies, you know, that we get to, we, every weekend we get together in the club, you know, and we drink and all we talk about women and all that. Pastor, I'm, I'm so happy to be saved. You think it's all right if I go to the club and talk to them? And the pastor was like, um, you, to tell you the truth, no. You, you, you want to wait. It's better for you to wait and really get strong in the Lord, hallelujah, when you know, when you feel like you can overcome these things, you can overcome alcohol, because if alcohol was your weakness, you, you want to avoid that stuff. You know, you don't want to be in there where people are drinking and you may fall into it back again. Hallelujah. 
But well, he he kind of decided. Well, um, I don't know. I'm saved. I'm strong. You know, I I love the Lord, and I'm gonna go ahead and evangelize my body. So he went. Uh, he went on Friday night to the club. He went and sat there with his friends. His friends started ordering drinks and all that. And and, and and when they asked him if he wanted to drink, he said, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm just here to spend time with my friends, you know. And he, he started talking to them, to them about Jesus, you know. And, and he started seeing the beers going back and forward, the whiskey, whiskey going back and forward. And he just started looking at the whiskey and the, and the cup. What Proverbs says not to look at the beauty of whiskey and the cup. Hallelujah. And he was looking at it, and it was going back and forth, right in front of his face. And his friends started saying to him, hey, buddy, but, you know, I, I, we know you're in church. Why don't you just take a, a little sip? You know, come on. You're here with us whole night. And then nothing happened the first night. Second, second weekend comes. He goes again to the club with his friends again. You know, and he, he thinks he's ready to evangelize him and win, and win him for Christ. And the, and the cop, the alcohol is going right in front of his nose, beer back and forward. And his friends started convincing him again. But listen, I, you, you know, you, you used to drink with us, you know. Why don't you just join us and all that? And when he finally said, yeah, yeah, let, let me have a cup. I'll just have a beer, you know. And, and, and guess what? A few weeks went by, he never went back to, to the church. He forgot about his salvation. He forgot about the church. He was not preaching Jesus anymore. He got stuck in the club again and alcohol. Okay? Because, you know, and I don't say this will happen to everybody. Okay? But we, we got to know what we are weak about. The things that we need to avoid. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And this is very serious. A lot of people take this as a joke and they say, oh, you know, no. You, you got to know what's your weakness. Because, see, the devil, when he's studying you, when he sends his demon to follow you everywhere and all that, excuse me, the devil's looking, hallelujah, for an open door into your life. In order for him to, to really try to bring you down, he has, to, he has to go against you through your weakness. And whatever your weakness is, like this brother, his weakness was alcohol. Okay, so he should have not been going to the bar to evangelize his friend. He could have chosen another time when they were not in the bar, okay, when he could, he could have talked to them. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And that's using wisdom. And that's what I use for people. Okay, I avoid the people that I used to hang around with. The things that they used to do that I used to do with them. That's what I avoid. You know, I went to evangelize a friend who used to, we used to get together. He smokes marijuana all the time. And he, he throw the smoke right into my face. You know, and what it reminded me when I used to smoke with him. So I felt tempted to smoke marijuana again. Okay, and you know what I did? I went home to pray. I went on my knees crying to God. God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because for a second there, one minute, I kind of enjoy him throwing the smoke in my face. Because I felt tense, because I used to do it. I didn't used to think it, I didn't used to think it was bad. We were just, they say, chilling. We, just, we were just having a good time, we say. No. We were destroying our own body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what we were doing. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And as I went through all these experiences, hallelujah, in my life, and I learned from them, the Lord had taught me about them, 
we can avoid these things, people. We don't necessarily need to fall into them, you know. And so when my friend was doing that, I said, I got to talk to him in another time when he's not smoking marijuana. Hallelujah. So I, I, he won't do this to me anymore, and I don't feel tempted anymore. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And I did. We, we got to use wisdom on how to evangelize people. Because there's a time when you should not be evangelizing. Because like this man said, you're going to be maybe be the one ending uh, falling. You may fall, hallelujah, into sin. And that is very dangerous because when you, have, when you become a Christian, hallelujah, and let's say you walk away from drugs, prostitution, or whatever, hallelujah, if you are not careful, you will fall back on those things. And it's very hard, like this brother was saying to me, Elvie, hallelujah, all these things were easier for me. When I was a Christian, but now that I have fallen back into them, it is so hard for me, Elvie, to get out of this. It is harder now, Elvie. And, and when he said that to me, I, it, it came to my mind when Jesus said that the demon that was there went and got a more, and the state of the person became worse. Hallelujah. And I imagine now that he has a demon worse than what he had before. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking, wow, he's right. It is, it is worse. It is back to fall back into sin. It is back to fall back into what we used to do. Like if you used to smoke cigarettes, hallelujah. Don't, don't go back, hallelujah, into places where people are smoking and sit there and say, I'm strong because you are tempting your own self. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Avoid these things. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you not to evangelize these people. If you have the chance, do it. But you have to be very, very careful because you, you can fall back into it. Hallelujah. And that's what not that's not what the Lord wants for you and I. What do you think about this, John? Oh, I totally agree. Um, you know, if you're around corrupt company, you don't be surprised if you're corrupted. Um, it's just how it works, you know. It's, it's like I heard somebody say a long time ago, you know, they were talking about the rapture. They said, do you really think you're going to be raptured sitting at a bar getting drunk while you're drinking beer? That's not going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's not you know, going to happen, John. Yeah, you you know I I don't want to you know because what's you know the the alternative to that is going through the tribulation you know and and at mm-hmm. that you're going to have a choice either take the mark of the beast or you're going to see you know the the old temple reenacted and mm-hmm. and you're going to see you know you're going to see a stark difference you know God's going to be like okay. Here's my Ark of the Covenant. Here's my Ten Commandments. This is real. Or you can take the Mark of the Beast. You're going to have a choice, one or the other. You know, here you're going to you're going to put your faith in Jesus. Or I mean, if you if you read, um, what was it, um, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, where you know they basically you know you know John when he's writing when Jesus Jesus is speaking I don't think Jesus was speaking but basically you, you get an option to Believe the um, commandments and have faith in Jesus, or you're gonna, um, you know, take the mark. You're, you're gonna have an option, and you don't want to go down that road. And when you start putting yourself in a situation where the temptation's there, you're just making that your, your chances of falling into that, you know, higher. You, you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was talking to my real good friend Paul in Florida, and we're like, I don't want to go out sometimes. Stay inside. It's safer here and pray and 
and whatnot. You know, it's just uh, I think I've heard you say the same thing when you were talking about Larry. You know, it's just there's so much sin out there, so you really got to watch yourself and and watch where you go. Um, stay away from the areas where you have a weakness. And uh, you know, we all have different weaknesses too. Amen. Some people it's alcohol. Some people's relationships. Some people, it's their stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. We're all different. And mm-hmm. just, you know, and just be aware of it and and don't walk into a bear trap. <laughs> Amen. That's, Amen. That's the way to describe it. Amen. Amen, John. That's true. And another thing, uh, in the many trips that the Lord took me uh, into the tribulations, one thing that, that I, I the Lord took me to see, which I believe is in the state of Kentucky, was, Okay, one of the buildings there is in the tribulation because I've seen a lot in this nation in the tribulation. I've been in different states, you know, and and I seen that I, the Lord took me into this building over there in the middle of the tribulation when the army were, were persecuting people and all that for being a Christian because they did not have the mark of the beast. So the, the army and the demons and all of them were persecuting people everywhere for not having the mark of the beast. So. This couple, this young couple that I seen there, hallelujah, um, I, I, the Lord wanted me to hear what the girl was saying, hallelujah, praise Jesus, and I could see her and her boyfriend there, and, and what she was saying was, she was saying, God, I, I used to go to church every Sunday, I used to pay my tithes and offering, I used to work harder to, to, to uh, help the poor, to support the poor, okay, why did I stay? I believe in your Bible, God. I believe in your word. And she was looking to heaven, and she was punching the wall. Okay? She was punching the wall. And she was saying, God, why did I stay in the tribulation? Why me, God? Why? Why? You know? I, I, I used to go to church every Sunday. I used to do this. I used to do that. Why did I stay, God? Why? And she was so mad at God. Because that's what, how people are going to get. They're really going to get mad at God. When they stay in the tribulation. And, and and one thing the Lord allowed me to see there was that she was with her boyfriend. Okay. They were not married. And they were going to church. Okay. They were going to one of these church, I guess, that they don't teach about getting married. Marrying your companion. Okay. And, and this is what, where fornication comes. The Bible talks about fornication. Okay. The Bible's clear about fornication, okay? And she was, she was going to church every Sunday. She was giving her tithes and offering. She was supporting the poor. She was doing all kinds of things. But she was in fornication with her boyfriend. For the only reason she stayed in the tribulation was fornication. Now, where, why didn't her pastor or her leader have taught her or, or, or her having the Bible? See, this is one thing. This is why I, I don't hold the leader responsible. If you have a Bible on your hand, okay, if you have a Bible on your hand, okay, and you read that Bible, it's clear about fornication, okay, that they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says. Adultery and fornication, that God will judge them. God will judge them. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. No adulterer and no fornicator will go home in the rapture. Unless they repent, and unless they stop. Repenting means turning away from it, stopping. Now say, oh, I already repent, brother Elvie, I'm fine. And then you continue to live with your boyfriend in fornication. No. 
No, no, no. In the Lord, one, one of the sisters from California, they used, they used to listen to me. Hallelujah. This is one way that God awakened her very hard because she was living in fornication, okay, and I believe to the church that she was going to in California. Never told her that, it, that she was wrong about it. Never. Never until she went and found, and found one of my videos on YouTube where I talk about these things. And she was shocked. She was all shaken out by it. What? I'm in sin. She, she for surely thought, being in fornication, that if Jesus will come, she will go home to be with the Lord and the righteous. She, she sincerely thought that. Because she was not thought that fornication was wrong. That, that living with her boyfriend, not being married, was wrong. And when she came across one of those videos that the Lord had me made, she was shocked. And she contacted me through the chat room. And she said, Brother Elvie, what an awakening to my life. Elvie, what should I do? And I said, well, you got to make your decision for Jesus. I'm not telling you to divorce your boyfriend, but if you want to be right with God, you should marry him. You should talk to him with him and say to him, we got to get married. But the boyfriend did not want to marry her. Okay, and I and I, and then she said she she asked him on everything. She sat down with him to talk about this. The boyfriend says, "No, I'm not ready to get married." She said, "Elvi, what am I gonna do, Elvi? Because I want to go home in the rapture." And I said, "You gotta choose your boyfriend, or you gotta choose Jesus. Which of the two you're gonna choose? This is the hour where we're gonna have to make the decision for Jesus now. It's not going to be easy. It's going to hurt us, but we have to make our decision for Jesus." Hallelujah. And she went and kicked out the boyfriend out of her house. She told him that he would have to live if he did not want to marry her because she was choosing Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I, and I, and no, and this is not the first time this has happened. So I got a few boyfriends up there willing to cut my hand. They're very mad at me, very mad, because they got kicked out of their apartment or house because of my fault, they say. My fault. Well, all I'm doing is teaching the Word of God. That's all I'm doing, nothing else. And people are very mad at me because of this. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But, you know, isn't that true, John? Oh, it's totally true. I mean, when you were talking about that, it it reminded me of 1 Timothy chapter 4, when, you know, the beginning of the chapter, it says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly in the latter times that, that some shall be depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I mean that's the doctrine of devils. When you think you can live with somebody, and there's and you can ignore the word fornication in your life, and there's no consequences for it. You know, fornication is is sex outside of marriage, whether it's the homosexual or the heterosexual version. It's all under the, it's the same thing, isn't it, LB? You can't do it, can you? And you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Um, you know, the other thing, too, you read Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it also says, you know, this is in the last days, perilous times shall come. You know, men will be lovers of their own selves, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, um, you know, without natural affection, truce bakers, false accusers. You go through this whole list, you know, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That's the same thing again, um, you know, for... Of this sort of which creep into houses, led captive silly women, laden with sins, led away by divers' lusts. Uh, mm. What's that mean? That, that's basically what you're talking about. You know, you 
that this guy obviously just wanted to have a relationship with her for, you know, physical reasons, and that was it. And mm. it, it's not hard to figure out. He's he's kind of a con man. And, um, you know, some of you women out there who got these guys in your lives who are acting that way, they're con men. I mean, they're very confident. That's where you get the word con. And, you know, they're laden you down with sins, you know, because you, you're opening doors is what's happening. And you need to slam those doors shut. You need to start repenting. I mean, truly repenting. Cover all your bases. And and turn and run from the sin like um, you know like Joseph did, and you know I don't have the chapter and verse for it, but yeah that's that's what we need to do. We need to you know run from sin as quickly as you can. It's there's <laughs> it, this is not the right time to start messing around with anything. And not to say any time's the right time, but it's like Elvie was saying that dream he had. We're we're almost getting to graduate. I mean we're our race is almost. Finished, or you, you where you get your crown. You mm-hmm. don't want to stumble before you get to the finish line. We want to keep running. We want mm-hmm. to be the overcomers that you read about in Revelation chapter three at the Church of Sardis and the Church of Philadelphia. You know, Jesus said everybody overcomes will you know a reward, whether it's a crown or or whatnot, or you won't get your name blotted out of the book of life. People, mm-hmm. this is very serious. We've got to take everything serious right now. You know, look at what's going on around you. It's it's so obvious these these last days are upon us. I mean, look at um, you know Second Timothy when, when he's talking about you know people are traitors. I mean, look what our politicians have done. They're heady, high-minded. You know, they really think of a lot of themselves. Love is a pleasure more than love is a god. I mean, how many people out there um, are, are so concerned with going on vacations? playing their sports, doing all this other stuff that, you know, instead of you know, being a seeker of God, we need to, you know, and, and now I'm not saying that if you do, like, play a sport, that's bad, but it can't, you know, absorb your whole life. You need to, um, you know, really have balance where the Lord is always first in your life and those things are always secondary, you know, and it's, it's everything, relationships, you name it. Amen. 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 Yes, and we 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 are almost at the end of our race. We are at the end when we are going home. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. The Lord showed this to me this weekend. I I was real shocked that we're so close to be going home. Hallelujah, to be with the Lord, the rapture. Hallelujah. It's it, it's almost a past event. Hallelujah. It's so close that it's almost a past event. Hallelujah. And this is where it is. Hallelujah. Whether we are ready or not, Jesus is coming, and he is coming for his people. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He is coming for us, and we better be ready for him. Brother John, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Okay. All right.
you, Jesus. So we are praise God Almighty. Praise God Almighty. Again, if you want to listen to the program through your cell phone, you can dial 646-564-9726. That is the number to listen, hallelujah, through your um, uh, your cell phone, your phone, hallelujah. Uh, that is an easier way because a lot of people, it's almost impossible to, for them to hear the, the program through the computer because most of the other children uh, are playing on the computer or using the computer and they're having a tough time doing it, hallelujah. But you can listen to your cell phones, hallelujah, if you have unlimited minutes or if you want to use a minute for the Lord, hallelujah, which will be a blessing, hallelujah, to your life. Again, the Lord showed me Saturday to Sunday that we're on the end of our race. That, that we're at the end when we're going to get graduated finally. And I was jumping up and down. I graduated. I finished. I finished. I finished. And I could see a lot of people running with me. Hallelujah. To the end. Hallelujah. It was so beautiful to see other people graduating there. Hallelujah. Happy. People were hugging one another. And I, all I could think was thanking the Lord. I was just, I was so grateful. Hallelujah. We are at the end of our race. There's not much to go. The rapture will be a history very soon. Very soon, the Bible will be an all-news paper. Hallelujah. It will be an all-internet story. That's what the Bible is going to be very soon. An all-internet story that it happens, thousands and maybe millions disappear, and that's it. We don't know where, where they are. We have no communication with them. People are going to say, hallelujah. I don't know how to ask them for prayer. Uh, are they watching us up in heaven? What are those people that went with Jesus and the rapture are doing? What kind of fun are they having in that rapture? Are, are they just worshiping all day up there? What are they doing up there in, in that rapture? Those people that went home with Jesus, hallelujah. That people are going to say, we did not believe in a word they say about the rapture. And now it's a history, hallelujah, in our history. It's sad, sad, sad. It's a sad day coming to the earth very soon because in the moment the trumpet sounds, or like many say, the shofar sound, okay, it's going to be very sad for a lot of people. There will be very soon a lot of people on, on earth very confused, not understanding a thing of what happens. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is not with the world. He is not in the world, but he is with God's people. He is dwelling with God's people. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He is up there protecting God's people. Okay. He is holding the Antichrist back from doing all the evil. He's holding the Antichrist and the, and the dragon back, Satan, from doing all the evil they want to do. So when the Holy Spirit and the bride are taken out, praise Jesus, hallelujah, more confusion will come. Because now the Holy Spirit is not holding back Satan and the Antichrist and all the demons, okay? And, 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 and the demons and all of them, now they, 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 are, they are having more fun on national television, okay? The Antichrist is going to be ran like loose, loose, deceiving people more. Now he's going to want to do whatever he wants. Sooner the rapture happens. They are just waiting, hallelujah, like, like the, Lord, the Lord revealed to my brother Larry that the, the devil every day, every day is asking the Lord, when, when am I going to start my kingdom? When, Lord, when, when, when? I want to start already. I want to start already. 
and the Lord is telling the devil, wait, you are going to have to wait. Hallelujah. My father makes the decision when, and you're going to have to wait. Okay, but since Jesus and the Father are telling their people that very soon we're out of here, the devil knows we're very soon out of here too because of the sign. Okay, and, and so uh, very soon the devil knows he's going to start his things. Hallelujah. His evil. So he cannot wait any longer. He is very desperate. The Antichrist, the Lord revealed to my brother Larry, is asking Satan, when am I going to be loose to do whatever, to whatever I want to do? Okay? He's asking Satan now, when is he going to start his, his evil thing? Okay? Because he's not doing much now. He's not doing much. He feels he's not doing much, and he wants to do a lot more. He just don't want to be a president there and doing this little thing here, a little thing there. No. He already wants to start throwing people in the female camp. He already wants to be killing people. He already want to be sending people on the guillotine. That's why they order all these hundreds of thousands guillotine all over the United States and Europe and Israel. Because they have them ready in Europe, and they have them ready in Israel, and they have them ready in, in the United States. The hundreds of thousands of guillotine made in China and in Japan. Of course, very cheap, okay? And they're, they're setting them up ready in the FEMA camp, okay? And it's not to cut chicken there because they are too big for chicken. Okay, and they want to go ahead and set people there and cut their hair already. They already want to go ahead, and the devil cannot wait, and the, the Antichrist cannot wait. He is very desperate right now. They're asking the Lord, when are they going to start the thing, the kingdom? And Satan is telling his demon principality that soon they're going to start reigning over the earth however they want. So my, God, people, hallelujah, this is the time to stay in prayer. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep continuing to seek the Lord. With all your heart, don't get distracted with what's going on in the world. No. Focus on Jesus. Set your heart on the Lord. Stay in the Word. Hallelujah. Stay, pursue holiness. Pursue righteousness. Ask the Lord to cleanse him with his blood. Stay in repenting. This is very important. Stay in repenting. Hallelujah. Now, earlier, hallelujah, earlier, before the program, I was meditating on something the Bible says. That a lot of people say up there, no one is perfect, no one can be perfect. Well, that's a lie. That is a lie of the devil. And, I tell, and I'm going to tell you why. The Bible says that North in Genesis 6 was perfect in the eyes of God. Now, we can be perfect in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. And why was Noah perfect? Noah wasn't repenting before God. Noah was repenting of sin. Hallelujah. He was making sacrifice for his sin. Every day before God, he was righteous in the eyes of God. So Noah was repenting. He was perfect. That's what God calls perfect. A man or a woman who is constantly repenting her, her or his sin before God, who is seeking God, who is loving God more than everything, and who is fearing God. Hallelujah. That is a perfect person before God. Are there perfect persons down here before God? Yes, there are. Many of them. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Many perfect humans down here that are walking with God. That's what God called perfect. Hallelujah. But the devil is telling everyone up there, oh, no one is perfect. Oh, we all make mistakes. No, that's not what, what the word perfect means. Because I sure know made mistakes in his own life, in his own personal life. But you know what? Nor was in constant repentance before God. 
Okay? And he was always fearing God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And he stayed pursuing real holiness. He stayed seeking God. The Lord pleasing God. Hallelujah. And God said that Noah was perfect. We have another man that was perfect. Job. Job was perfect on his way. You can read it in First Job 1. He was perfect in the eyes of God. Why? Noah made atonement for his sin every day. He made sacrifice for his sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In another word, Noah was in repenting before God. Because we know the blood of animal could not make anyone holy. But if you were in repenting, Jesus will cleanse you with his blood. So, so Job was perfect before God too. Because of his repenting before God. That's what makes us perfect when we are in constant repenting. Stay in constant repenting before God. Repent your sin. Don't wait. Don't wait for the night. Don't say tonight I will repent my sin. No. Do it right away. Because when you repent your sin, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, all sin. John, you want to talk about this? Oh, yeah. Amen. It's like you, uh, when you were talking about Noah, um, I remember in one of the verses I saw, it's, you know, Noah was called a preacher of righteousness. And that's what he did. He preached righteousness to the to the wicked world out there. And obviously not too many people took heed of what he said. He had fortunately had three sons who uh, heeded what he said and their wives did as well. And, um, you know, God will do that. He's going to, he's going to give us all a warning. He's, he's given the, the world a warning right now to clean up, to repent, turn to me, you know, be obedient to the word of God. And these repentance prayers are absolutely phenomenal. I know I keep saying this every time I'm on, but these repentance prayers that Larry, Brother Larry got from the Lord that's, that's on LD's website, they are so good. I mean, they've made a massive difference in my life, and it's, I know it's affected a lot of people. And they work because you cover all your bases. And then you can, like, like Jin Shin, expand on it a little bit. And I've heard LD expand on it a little bit. And, you know, but uh, honestly... You you need to be clean. You need to have a clean heart. You know, once you clean up, the, once the vessel's clean, it can be used for the from the for the master. And but if you're dirty, you're not going to be used. Um, you, you know, because uh, you know it, it says he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, doesn't it? He's not coming mm-hmm. back to a to a um, a bride full of spots and full of wrinkles and just filthy and dirty. No, he's coming back to a clean white bride. What's that mean? That means we repent all the time. You know, if you slip up, you know, we're human, we're going to make mistakes. Amen. Repent immediately. And just pursue righteousness, seek righteousness, seek the obedience, you know, seek the Lord, and, and constantly commune with him, too. I mean, that's a, my fellowship with the Lord isn't, isn't just like I pray at one point and then that's it. I talk to him all day long. I could be driving, I could be just going for a walk or just getting up making coffee, I talk to him. And a lot of times when I'm getting ready in the morning with my coffee, I end up sitting on the couch and just listen to him talk to me. And it's, it's a fabulous time, you know, it's, and, and it gets, and it's really addicting too because it's like, wow, this is the God of the universe talking to me. This is so cool. And um, and and you, you find out how much he loves you, how much he wants you to come in the rapture. He doesn't mm-hmm. want anybody to be left behind. He wants us to go. And, and he makes it really clear if you go, well, what, what are the sins that you can do to keep you out? You know, 
read Colossians chapter three. Um, it, it's you know the first part of that um, that chapter talks all about what the sins are, um, and you know one of them it basically talks about you know adultery. It talks about fornication. I mean it's, it's pretty obvious that you know, we're supposed to set our affection on things above, not things of the earth. We focus on heaven. I love hearing these heaven stories. Um, you know, I hear the hell stories and I get scared and I want to clean up my life even that much more. But the heaven stories, they're such a comfort to you because you know where you're going. You know what what God's got in store for us, just a little glimpse of it. I've never been to heaven. I don't know what it's like. I've actually heard music from heaven, which was really wild. It, it actually went through my whole body and I felt so clean after hearing it. That happened to me, you know, 25 years ago. But, you know, God will do little things like this for us to, you know, let us know that, you know, he's real. He's, I mean, we've got, we've got proof that he's real. We've got so much out there that shows he's real. You watch what's going on right now. It's a fulfillment of the scripture. I know so many people are, you know, they're like, oh, we got plenty of time. You know, the rapture's not going to happen right away. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. It is. It, we are, it's the best word to describe it is eminent. It's eminent. You need to Amen. be ready all day, every day, in the morning, at night, all day long. It's eminent. It's coming. And we need to be ready. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Look what Genesis uh, 6, 9 said. The, uh, these are the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. What is it to be perfect? To walk with God. Hallelujah. That's a perfect human being down here. Someone that will walk with God. Another word, blameless. Blameless is another word, hallelujah, that is mean perfect with God. Another word for it is holy. Hallelujah. Holy is another word, hallelujah, that describes a, a personal life with God that is perfect. When you're holy, when you're blameless, when you have no sin. Relationship is another word. Relationship, personal relationship with God. That's what Noah had. Noah had in his generation a perfect, a perfect, a, a relationship with God, with which, which means he was perfect in the eyes of God. Praise Jesus, and this is very important. Now look at Noah, at Job. I'm sorry, Job. Job, uh, Job one one. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. Another word for perfect is upright. Okay? Upright. When God, hallelujah, it's the first one in your life. First commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and all your strength. This is very important. That's what Job had. Okay? And Job was perfect in peace, hallelujah, at such a time. So, in another word, he Noah was in a very difficult time, but in his time, in this difficult time, he was at peace with God. That is what being perfect with God. It's so it's so it's so important, my brothers and sisters, that we stay, hallelujah, in communion with God. It's another word for being perfect. When you stay in communion with Him, when you're seeking Him, when you are doing His will, the will of God, not Thy will, not my will, but Thy will be done. Another word for perfect. Jesus was perfect because he always did the will of the Father. Hallelujah. And we are called so, right, John? Amen. Amen. Yep. 
Yep, that's right. We're we're called to be perfect. We're called to walk in holiness. We're called to walk in righteousness. We're, I mean, you know, honestly, when you if you look at it and you're living a life of sin, all these requirements are pretty tough to to do. <laughs> it's, it's, I gotta be honest with you. It's it, you know when when you're willfully sinning, you know, walking in holiness and righteousness is difficult. But when you're you know when you're when you're actually pursuing righteousness and holiness mm. you don't want to sin you you just don't have the desire to do it you know you don't have the desire to do that you used to do like some people used to smoke or some people used to drink or some people would chase around or whatnot that desire will will wane away and and what happens is you'll find out that that does not fulfill you um the only thing that's going to give you true fulfillment is spending time with the lord it's going to be spending time in prayers. It's just talking to God. I mean, prayer is communicating with Him. It's you know, a lot of times prayer is listening to the Lord talk to you, um, and let it, and, and let the Holy Spirit teach you. But it's your it's your communion. It's your it's your one on one with Him, and that's why He set it up this way. He put the Holy Spirit in each one of us who believes on Christ and who believes that Jesus died and rose again, and. Amen. And if you don't do that, if you don't, you know, what's what's your distraction? Is TV your big distraction? Because mm. that'll that'll put you into a funk. It, it's you know, it opens up different doors. Who knows what kind of subliminal programming they've got in these programs that's affecting mm. your subconscious mind? So mm. you can be polluting yourself watching some of this stuff, and and you know, and plus there's all kinds of filth and garbage on the TV right now. Um, it's just not good for you. It, it ends up polluting you. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I know just for instance, you know, I I watched this movie and didn't realize it was an R-rated movie, and I watched it, and, you know, it wasn't any dirty scenes, but it was just swearing, and it's just disgusting. Oh, I came out, horrible, yeah. Yeah, I, I came out fe- feeling dirty and filthy. I wanted to blast yeah. right home and do my repentance prayers right away because mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I just kind of flippantly walked into a movie and was like, this was not the right one. <laughs> And yeah. I felt defiled, and and that can oh, yeah. happen to us. We got to watch what we're, you know, not only putting in our mouth, but putting in our eyes. Amen. 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 I feel, I feel like I I let the Lord down when I do something like that, John. What you just yeah. described, you know, it, it it's really it's a really bother to stay away from television because there are some things you want to watch, but then when you want to watch something good, there's always garbage even in the commercial. So all yep. that stuff just contaminates so much. Now, we have a role model that Jesus said that we should be like the role model. And, and Jesus said, be, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father who is in, hallelujah, as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. So now the Father, Yahweh, is a role model. Now, how do, how do we be like the Father? Well, there's a lot of things down here that the Father will not do. So what did that tell us, John, that we should not be doing it, right? Like the father, the father will not be watching an, an R-rated movie, right? Nope. Definitely not, okay? Nope. So, so if the father will not watch it, then we should not be watching it either. Okay? Nope. There are so much things down here that the father will not do. You know, and one of the sins, I want to remind people, because this happens to me sometimes too, and it's one of the sins that the father told me that he don't like that we have here, Hallelujah, especially in America, is gluttony. Gluttony is a sin, eating too much. Eating when you don't need to eat. 
when you're already full and you just continue adding more to it, this this is a hallelujah. This is a serious sin before God. And this really displeases the Father a lot. Really, 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 really. He don't like that from us, hallelujah. And he told me he he told me that up in heaven, hallelujah. And I want to remind people of that please stay away from gluttony. Stay away from eating too much. Eating, hallelujah, uh, more than what you need to eat. What do you think about this, John? Oh, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, ever since I kind of came in, in, you know, found the Lord's Hour, and it was kind of a walk of repentance about a year before I even found Elvie's show, just, you know, making subtle changes here and there. And mm. but, um, But, yeah, I mean, the last thing it seemed to really hit me was, you know, watch what you eat, watch your diet. No, obviously I'm still not perfect, but I don't eat that much anymore. I probably lost about 20 pounds, which is great, you know. I and and I'm down to the weight I used to weigh when I was in high school, and that was almost 30, or actually, I don't know how long ago it was, 30 some years ago. But um, but basically, you know, what we need to do is we need to, you know, really watch what you put in your mouth. It's just like we watch what we put in our eyes, what we look at. Same thing with our mouth. Um, you know, you try to educate yourself on what's healthy. Because I'm like me, I'm a horrible cook, so I try to, you know, mm. what can I do to make it simple? And you know, discovered the fresh fruits and veggies. We eat lots of those, and you know, it's not too many meats really. And we've really cut way back on that. You know, we might have some chicken or maybe beef once in a great while, but hardly at all. And um, and and we feel a lot healthier. I know that my kids seem to like it. And, uh, you know, so we're cognizant of, you know, what we eat. And, and the reason we want to do that is you got to keep in mind, your body right now is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And mm. he wants to, you know, and, and if you, like, like for instance, um, I don't know about if you remember this, LB, but back in May I went on one of your programs. I didn't really do too well because when he called me, I just kept eating one of these box dinners, and I felt like I had concrete you know, meatballs in my stomach. It just felt terrible, and it, it, it was it was really gross. And you know, that just goes to tell you, you know, what are we putting in our bodies? Um, we need to we need to really watch what we eat. And when you eat something healthy, your fruits or veggies, you feel good, you feel energized, mm. you know, and um, you get the right nutrition nutrients because that's what our bodies are designed to. It's, it's fuel mm-hmm. that God gave us. And uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's great. That's a great advice there, John, to the people. Hallelujah. Healthy eating is very important. And you're right. A lot of a lot of times we just fall on eating things that are not healthy for us. Hallelujah. But we don't make it the effort to, to eat things that are healthy. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's very damaging to our own body. Praise the Lord. And then we feel tired. We feel fatigue, uh, headaches, migraine. A lot of people get migraine headaches. Hallelujah. And they have it very, very hard. And they think God is punishing them because of what they ate and all that. But it's that they're not using wisdom on what to eat. And, you know, right. when this happens, I advise people to read Proverbs. Read the book of Proverbs and read it again and read it again. Because, like, when I told that to my brother Larry, I remember, he says he read Proverbs. And I said, Larry, you know, at least to understand a few things in the book of Proverbs, you got to read it more than 20 times, at least understand a few things in there. And then when you read it, you also have to 
praise. Ask the Lord to reveal all those words to you. Because there's so much there to be learned. Hallelujah. That we miss it every time we're learning. Because a lot of time when we sit down to read the Bible, we want to get through so fast that we don't get the message right away. And that's a problem a lot of people have. They say, well, I'm gonna, this month I'm going to read the book of Proverbs, they say. And they say, I'm going to start, I'm going to read every day one chapter of the book of Proverbs. And if the month is 31, there it goes. Proverbs is done. But you know what? You could do that. Of course you can do that, hallelujah. You can do that. You can read a chapter every day. But you take your time when you read Proverbs. Don't go through it very fast. And if you have to use more than one different Bible, go ahead and do that. Use a Bible that it can help you understand what it's saying. Because a lot of people, if you read the 1960 King James, there's a lot of words that we don't use today that you're not going to understand that. So getting more modern King James Bible is 70-something King James Bible that when you start to read it, you'll be able to understand the word much clear. Okay? You will be able to receive the message much more. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's what's important, that when we read the Bible, we understand what it says. We get the message, and we can apply it to our own personal life. Hallelujah. Now, so, don't, don't be so much to apply it to other people, because a lot of people do that. They, they read the Bible, and they're waiting to go ahead and, 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 and apply it to other people, when they haven't even applied it to themselves. When we read the Word, it is to apply it first to myself. And I said, it's a blessing to me. Then I would say, wow, this, this word is a blessing. I want to share this with other people. Okay? And when you share it out, out of happiness, out of, out of being a blessing to you, then, hallelujah, freely give what you freely have received, the Bible said. So as you receive blessing from the word, go share that blessing with other people. But don't read the word to go ahead and, and hear people over it with, with the word over them. No. To hit them, abuse them. No, don't do that. Don't use the word as a tool to argue with other people. Don't do that neither. The word of God is not to argue. The word of God is for us to be blessed through it, for us to grow through it, for us to learn from it. Hallelujah. For us to apply those words. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a living word. It's a blessing from God. Give, him giving his word to us. Hallelujah. But it can be misused too. And that's what a lot of people do. They misuse the Bible. Hallelujah. Because they take the Bible and they use it as a sword because the Bible is a sword to go hurt other people with it. And that's not what the Bible is meant for. It's not meant for you to hurt other people with the word. It's used, hallelujah, to, to, hallelujah, to edify you. Hallelujah. And then you, God can use you to edify other people through that word. That's what the word can be used for. It could be so much good, and it is so, there is so much good in that Bible, and it can do so much good to other people when it's used right. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So don't focus on the word to use it, hallelujah, as a weapon to hurt other people. No, because it could be. You can, you can do so much damage with the Bible. I mean, I have so much people hurt that have come to me about how other ministers went and hurt them with the Bible. Hallelujah. They went to them for help, for them to help them, and the minister went and took the word and just heard them. Other brothers and sisters went and heard them. Hallelujah. 
Why? Because the way they learn the Bible, the way they use the Bible is wrong. It's just simply wrong. And they're, they're hurting other people with the Word of God. That's what they're doing. They're damaging other people with the Word of God. I mean, you will not believe the things I get through email from people of what other people have done to them. With the Word of God. With the things that they have said that are not biblical. Hallelujah. They are just simply not biblical, hallelujah. But because new people, when they come to the Lord, they don't know much. Especially if they came from a religion background, they, a lot of them don't know the Bible, the Word of God, the way they're supposed to know it. They probably heard other religious people teach them the Word, but not the right way. Hallelujah. And they thought they were right. You know, some religion teaches other people to hate Christian people, to hate other people. And there's nowhere in the Bible, hallelujah, that we have to be hating people. But Jesus said, love thy enemy. Yes, stay away from, from demons, yeah. Because we've got to stay away from them. But we've got to love our enemy, Jesus said. Hallelujah. So why is that not being applied? Hallelujah. So the, it, it is used so, in so many wrong ways, hallelujah, that it's really, really hurting people out there so much. It's not helping people to be built. It's not helping the body of Christ to be built. But it's actually been dividing us. There's so, so many people that come out of uh, churches who are so divided and don't believe in unity. When you talk about unity and the body of Christ, right away they get, a, they get a yellow flag going off on them. Oh, no, there it goes again. There it goes again. He probably wants something for me. He wants something for me. For sure he wants something for me. Look, there he's talking about unity again. Hallelujah. Because of the way other people have treated them. And they are hurt. They're not, they haven't been healed from that. So when I get people like that writing to me, the first thing I say to them is, you got to go to the Lord for a healing. You need a healing. You need a healing in your soul. You need a healing in your spirit. Excuse me. You need a healing in your heart and in your mind. You have, there's part of you that have been hurt that needs a healing. Hallelujah. And I will advise people, when, if, if some of you are hearing me now, and you, you say, Brother Elvian, I feel like this. I've been hurt by other Christians. I've been abused by other Christians. They use the word against me, Brother Elvian. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer right there where you are. Go on your knees or sit on your favorite couch. Just go and pray with the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and first of all, ask the Lord to heal your heart. Ask the Lord to heal your soul. Ask the Lord to heal your mind. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And watch how your life will start changing. You will see like a lot of people are seeing immediate healing in, the, in them. Okay. If they had used the word for the vision where you went to, hallelujah, you need to ask the Lord to heal you from that. Praise Jesus. Because we, remember the word we read yesterday from, from, from Corinthians? That we're all a different member of the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we all have different, different function in the body. But we're all part of the body. We are one in Christ. We are one in Christ. And if you cannot receive this word I'm saying to you, that we are, that we are one in Christ, you need healing. You need healing. Don't focus on nothing else. But your healing in the Lord. Focus on the Lord 
healing you from this. This is very important because unless you get a healing from the Lord in this area in your life, hallelujah, you cannot get together with other Christians. And I know my sister Nicole is calling sister, hallelujah, to come and join her in prayer. I know my brother Lou wants other people to join him in prayer, other men. But, you know, people are so hurt, my brothers and sisters out there. They need healing. And this is why I love what Nicole and I are doing on Friday night. And we're going to continue this every Friday. And come to the come, come Friday. Come, please don't miss Friday. Very important that you come and pray with us on Saturday. Because we're focusing on healing. And there's four, four areas in our life that we need healing. More important than the body. Because, see, a lot of people are focusing on the healing in their bodies. But their minds need healing. Their soul needs healing. Their spirit needs healing. Hallelujah. Their emotion needs healing. Okay? You need healing in this area in your life. This is very important. And unless you get this healing in your life, it is very hard. It's almost impossible. I won't say it's impossible. No. I will never use that word impossible. But I will say it's almost impossible if you are hurt to get together with other people. Okay, because you already tried it before, and you know what they did to you? They went and hurt you. Psychological, mentally, emotional, your soul, your heart is, it, is hurt, and you haven't dealt with that? You haven't gone to the Lord and repenting about that? First of all, you go to the Lord and repenting. You say, Jesus, I've been hurt in this area of my life. Please heal me, Lord. And you say, Lord, I want to forgive these people that hurt me, Lord. These people that used the, the Bible against me, Lord. Hallelujah. The, the Bible is the Word of God, but you've been so hurt so much with the Bible that you don't know what to believe. You don't know what to believe. You don't know whether to believe the Bible or not because people use the Bible against you, and you are hurt. You are hurt by, by what they did to you, and you don't know how to go about what. The first step to, to recovery is to know that you've been hurt and that you want to forgive those people. You want to repent. Hallelujah. You want to repent from this, okay, from what they did to you. And you want to forgive them in the second step. You got to say to the Lord in prayer, Lord Jesus, I want to forgive these people that use the word to hurt me, Lord. These ministers, you can name them if you want. Name them to the Lord. Say, Pastor this, Pastor John, Pastor Robert, whatever the name is. Go say to the Lord, Lord, I want to forgive Pastor Robert. What he said to me that they really hurt me, Lord. I, I walk away from that church, Lord. I haven't turned back again. I could not forget Pastor Robert. You need to tell this to the Lord. And you want to ask the Lord to heal you from this. And this is very serious. This is very important to the Lord Jesus Christ that you ask for this. And the Lord is more than willing to help you on this. Okay? Because let me tell you, there's a lot of people listening to this program every day that have gotten a lot of healing from this. But there are a lot more who are joining us that also need a lot of healing. They also need a lot of healing. There are new people here. And they are beautiful people of God. They are wonderful people of God. But you know what? They have a lot of a lot of hurting in them. They, it's a lot of hurting. They need a lot of healing. And a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people will hurt them back. Because they don't understand how hurting they are. Okay? They don't understand this. I understand this. You know why? Because Jesus Christ put me through this. When he says to me, you need to forgive him, Elvie. Elvie, 
You need to forget those people that hurt you, Alvin. And I have hurt him mentally, psychologically, emotionally. My soul was hurt, deeply hurt. My heart was deeply hurt. I could feel the pain in me. Because they used the Bible to hurt me. You know, they used the Word of God to hurt me. And how did you excuse that to the, about them? You know, praise Jesus. I was ministering to this young man, okay, young man. I was ministering to him. And he says, when they go to hell, I'm going to go to hell with them too. And I'm going to make fun of them in hell too. I couldn't believe what I heard. Hallelujah. But I understood because he was so hurt for what they did. They used the word of God and they went and hurt him with the word. And he could not deal. He, could, he didn't know how to deal with that. And I said, you need to go to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm repenting about this. He said, why do I have to do it? They are the Christians. They still go to church and teach the word. Why do I have to do it? Hallelujah. And when I went and sat down with him, and I explained to him, hallelujah, that it's a personal relationship with the Lord, and we learn in our personal relationship with Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord that we need to forgive Father. Hallelujah. And in the prayer to the Father that Jesus taught his disciples, Hallelujah. If you have something against other, hallelujah, you need to forgive them. Hallelujah. And then the Father will forgive you. It's in there. Read it. Go ahead. Search it out. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. It's so important that we forgive other people. This is very important before God. The Father wants to see this. The Father wants to hear us on this. This is very important to the Father that we forgive other people. Hallelujah. And then, as you go ahead and forgive, Father, God will start healing your heart, your life. John, do you want to say anything about this? Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, we, we all get hurt by people, and, and there are, I don't call them Bible bashers for nothing. They're, they're good at wielding the sword, and mm. they make sure they get, get you. But, you know, honestly, you know, if you're one of the types that are maybe tempted to, um, you know, be the you know, correct everybody and whatnot, you know, you, you may have to deal with a little bit of pride there. Um, mm. That's one thing we all have to repent about is pride and make sure just, you know, because you, you could be prideful because you really maybe know the Bible really well um, or you could just see what this person's doing is wrong. You know, you know, some people you pull out of the fire, but I'd say most people, I mean, they're already beat up as is. They need to they need mm-hmm. to, you know, be shown that there's a, another way that you can have peace in your life, that you can really have true joy, and um, and, and you can be set free from what's afflicting them. And, and everybody's got different problems, but, you know, instead of judging that person and then coming down hard on them, you know, let you know, ask the Lord for wisdom as to how you can help set them free. How would you deal with them? I mean, look how Jesus dealt with that woman who was caught in adultery. She was caught red-handed, and it was the legal right for those guys to stone her. He said, he's about sin, cast the first stone. And then mm-hmm. they all walked away. And mm-hmm. then he looked at her, you know, woman, you know, mm-hmm. where's your accusers? Go home and stop sinning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look at that. You know, he won her over, I bet. And um, I think uh, somebody said she was in heaven, but I, I don't know. But, you know, honestly... Look what happened. What an impact in life. Mm. And you look at you out there running back to tell everybody. He knows, you know, it's just, 
it's, it's out there for us, and we just need to be wise. And um, look, look what Amy said, John. He, he said in the chat room, it affects us so much where, uh, where, where your walk with the Lord affects so much. And it's true. That's what it does. That's what it's hurting us. You know what some people have said, John? Christianity is a joke because in the church they have hurt me so much and in the world, they say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Why yeah. do people talk this way, John? Because they hurt. Yep. They hurt. Yep. And, and yep. we have to relate to that, John. Yep. We have to relate with those people. And we have to say to them, look, the Lord can heal you from this. Yep. Okay. You got to repent to the Lord, and the Lord will heal you from this. And Christianity, it's, it's a serious matter. It's a wonderful walk with God. Okay? But to be wonderful now that the gospel has been preached to all the world so much, how do you approach those people? Well, you approach those people with love and with testimony. Okay? And we're teaching them about repenting, how important it is. Repenting and forgiveness. Okay? And that. Uh, they need to be healed. Go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, you do. You, you know, you, before you're going to get any healing, you need to repent, and you have to take full responsibility for all your sins that you've committed in your life. And um, whether they're big or small, it doesn't matter. You have to accept your full responsibility. That's mm-hmm. your first step to healing. Then you also have to forgive everybody who's hurt you. I mean, we've all been hurt, you know. You probably mm-hmm. don't have to look too much further than most families because, People get beat up in families, and um, you know. So you you really need to you know, like I said, you know, repent for pride, repent for. Um, I mean, it's it's all encompassing. It, it all is. You you really gotta you, you've got to repent before you can be healed. Once you've repented, guess what? Those open doors are shut, and now God can help clean you up. He can get the junk out of you. He can. Clean your life up. He can take those desires away. I've heard too many stories of people that were drug addicts and they truly repented, and the, the drug addiction just went away. That doesn't happen by accident. That's a sincere Amen. repentance, and that's the fruit of somebody who's repented and turned their life over to the Lord. Mm. And the Lord is a He's got a, a fruit-bearing ministry because guess what? When when He sees, you know, somebody who's willing. And somebody who comes to him with 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 a broken and contrite heart, of, of, of truly repentant, well, guess what? He will clean you up. He will heal you. He will fix your hurts. And I mean, he's done it over and over and over. And he and he's, he cares for us. Amen. Well, John, we have run out of time. Hallelujah. I I want to talk about this, John, because this is very serious and important. And I want to. If you want to join me tomorrow, John. I want to continue to talk about this. If you have some time tomorrow night, John. Sure, I can. Okay. Amen. Because I, I want to talk about this deeper, and I want to bring what Jesus says in, Matthew, in the end of Matthew 24, that if the, the evil servants, hallelujah, see that the Lord is delaying and stop beating up his, his, his servants, hallelujah, which is, they're the brothers and sisters, they're beating them up. Okay. Right. We want to talk about this tomorrow night, because I know this is going to be a blessing, brother. I thank you, brother. We're not out of time. Thank yeah. you very much for joining us, John. Okay? God bless. Have a, God bless you, brother. Have a wonderful night.
God is mighty. 